Good morning. It's great to uh, welcome you again to our Sunday service here at Hope Church. Uh, my name is Graham, one of the leaders here at the church. Um, if this is your first time today, as Bar has already said, I want to give you a real welcome. Um, or if you've not been coming long and you're just starting to get to know a few people in church today, just want to say thanks for coming. You're very welcome to come any Sunday um, and enjoy our time together. This is not all we do. We do lots of things in the week as a church, um, and we're involved in lots of activities around our community as well. But we do like to gather together as the church to worship and to hear from God's Word, the Bible. So I want to I give a little bit of a disclaimer uh, this morning before I start, because um, I, I'm going to talk about generosity and giving and money and if, you, if this is your first Sunday in this church, you're going to be thinking, oh, those Christians, they always go on about money. Um, we actually don't here, all right? We, we don't actually talk about, we talk about money very rarely from the front. Um, but sometimes we do, um, not because uh, we're after your money in that sense, because in some ways, God doesn't need our money, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But there is an amazing joy in being generous. Who would agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that one of the most great, one of the greatest joys a Christian or a person can experience is generosity. Have you ever been on the end of generosity? I mean, really on the end of generosity, where somebody has given to you in some way and you think, wow, that is absolutely amazing. A generous spirit is so lovely. I remember uh, when Michelle and I were first married, 1986 we got married. Gosh, I know. It's a long old while ago, isn't it? I don't mean that like disrespectfully to my wife. I mean, it just was, we've had, you know, 30 odd years of happy marriage, but 1986, that seems like a long while ago. And um, I remember when we first got our house in Essex, and interest rates at the time got up to about 16, 17% mortgage rate. It was mad. And I remember a couple of occasions where we just were like, we just needed somebody to be generous to us. We, we had no money. And I remember walking into my father-in-law's office at the church. I was, a, I was a youth and schools worker for a church part-time. And I remember walking into his little church office. And he said, you all right, Graham? And I just burst into tears. And he said, are you all right? And I said, Mike, we haven't got any money. I said, we are completely out of money. And he opened up his wallet, and he had a few like notes in there, and he just gave me everything he had in his wallet. And it was just such a lovely, generous act. And I remember we cobbled together a bit of money, and we managed to get a few kitchen units to have a new little kitchen put in our first house. And we, didn't, we couldn't afford to have it fitted. And it was just like standing there in, in one of the rooms of the house. All the units were there. And I remember we, we came up to Norfolk to visit my mum and dad for the weekend. 
And when we got back late on the Sunday night, one of the carpenters and joiners in the church had got hold of our front door key on the Friday night, and he'd spent pretty much worked round the clock for the whole weekend, and we walked into our little terraced house, and a brand new kitchen had been fitted in our house. And his wife had been there, and they'd cleaned it all up, and there were flowers on the top, and a little card just to say, Graham and Michelle, we love you. Isn't that lovely? Just being on the end of incredible generosity. And I actually believe that generosity should be one of the attributes that every Christian, every follower of Jesus should have. We should be, I think everybody should be generous, okay? But Christians of all people should be the most generous people on the face of the earth. We should bleed generosity. We should look for opportunities to be super generous, to be generous with our time, to be generous with our talents, and to be generous with our treasure, our money. It is such a beautiful thing to be generous. I believe that giving and generosity should be central to everything we are. And I believe there's a reason for that. Because God is 100% generous. God is a giver. And if we want to be like God and we want to follow God, we should be generous. We should be givers. There's a few little Bible verses that are just going to come up on the screen that talk about giving and generosity. Jesus said these words in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 38. He says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And then in the book of Acts, a couple of uh, books later, in the New Testament, it says this, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words that Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And then one more Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says this, Remember this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. But there is one more Bible verse that I think depicts generosity, and here it comes. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That is generosity in its completeness, isn't it? When it comes to extravagant generosity, this verse sums it up. That God loved the world so much, he gave everything. He didn't withhold anything, but he gave it all. Everything that we have today, whether you are a Christian or whether you are not a Christian, everything you have is a gift from God. The air you breathe is a gift from God. 
And God could take it away just like that. The ability to go to work is a generous gift from God. Your children are a gift from God. The money that you have in your purse or your wallet or your bank account right now is a gift from God. Everything that I have is God-given. And that's why I believe that when we grasp the generosity of God towards us, it should fill us with joy to be able to be 100% generous back, to look for ways to be super generous. I believe that it's not about how much I've got in my bank or how much I've got in my wallet. It's about the attitude of my heart. You know, I have seen people with nothing who are the most generous people I've ever met. They give and they give and they give. Because it's not about their wealth, it's about the attitude that's deep within them. In fact, Jesus tells a little story, doesn't he, in the New Testament, where he's sitting there one day and he witnesses a widow who had very little go into the temple and she pretty much puts everything she had into the offering. And Jesus makes a point of that. And he talks about the incredible, generous spirit that that woman had because she just wanted to give all that she was and everything that she was to God. Going back to when Michelle and I first met, um, I remember we, we planned, we, we fell in love. We did. And, um, and we decided that we would like to get married. And so we talked about quite a few things leading up to when we were going to get married. And there were a number of things that we thought, you know, we ought to be on the same page. Number one, where are we going to live? I lived in Norfolk. Michelle lived in Essex. And we chose to live in Essex. We eventually saw the light and moved back to Norfolk, okay? (laughs) But for the first 15 years of our lives, we lived in Thurrock in Essex. And we had to have that conversation because it was important to decide together, this is where we're going to live. And then we had another conversation. We talked about, did we want children or not? Because it would have been an absolute nightmare, wouldn't it? If, you know, I was like, didn't want children and Michelle wanted three, that would have been a proper problem somewhere down the road. So we talked about some really important things. Were we wanting to have children? But one of the things that we really did need to talk about, because often this causes more arguments than anything, is money and possessions and what we had. Because, you see, I'd grown up as a, as a young man in a church where giving was really important to me. I wanted to give my money into, into the work of God. And it would have been disastrous if I'd have married a woman who thought, I don't want to give any money. So we had that conversation as well. And I'm glad to be able to tell you that when we had that conversation, we both agreed that right from the very first day of our wedding, our marriage together, we would make sure that giving our money into the work of God would be the number one priority. And so when computers eventually came on the scene, because even when I first got married, there weren't really computers around. And when we did get computers, they were enormous, all right? I can remember mobile phones being as big as a suitcase, can you? It's just like, how old am I, all right? 
And I remember we, we, we put this, we had this little spreadsheet at the top of our, our in our computer, in our, our computer. And we had all our budget items on our spreadsheet on our computer. You know, there was the mortgage, and then there was the rates, and then there was the food, and petrol, and, you know, all the different things that you have to pay. But on the top line, on our budget sheet, was giving to God. Because all throughout our marriage, the most important thing that goes out of our bank account every month is what we give to God. And so for 30... How many years? 36 years. We've always believed that giving to God generously is the most important thing that we do with our money. In the good times and in the bad times. There's a guy in America, uh, some of you will have heard of him and others of you wouldn't, but that's okay. There's a guy called Rick Warren. He's a, he, he's a pastor, well he was, he's retired now, but he was the pastor of a church, a big church in America. And he wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life quite a lot of years ago. In fact, we, we read that book as a church quite a lot of years ago. Do you know that book was a number one bestseller in America and that book made him a multi-millionaire, literally a multi-millionaire. He made millions from that book. And he tells this story of how he didn't want it to change his life. And when he got all the funds for this book, I think he walked into his church office one day and he paid into the church account 24 years of salary because he didn't want the wealth of writing this book to change his life. And I, I heard him tell a story a few, uh, on, on, a, on a video that I watched of him. It was quite a long while ago. And he tells this story of how one day he took his son out to a sporting event. And on the way back from going to this sporting event, Rick Warren's son said to his dad, Dad, could we stop at McDonald's? I want some fries. And Rick Warren said, I pulled the car up into the car park, and he said, we got out, we went into McDonald's, and he said, I bought my son a big bag of McDonald's fries. He said, I, I paid for them, I gave it to them, and I kind of put him back in the car, and he said, we went off our merry way. And he said, while I was driving down the road, coming away from McDonald's, he said, I put my hand into the carton of fries that my son had got next to me. And he said, I took one of the fries out, and I ate it. And his son looked up at him and said, Dad, you can't have any of my fries. They're mine. And he said, when he told that story, when, 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 he was going, when he went through that illustration with his son, he said there was a number of things that went through his mind when his son said, Dad, you can't have any of my fries. And he was the first thing that went through his mind. He says this. He thought to himself, my son has forgotten that I am the source of all fries. Because <laughs> he said... I could have gone back into McDonald's and bought him another 10 lots if I'd have wanted to. And all of a sudden, my son forgot that his father was the source of the fries. He said, the second thing that my son forgot was this, that I could take them away from him at any point I wanted to. Or I could go back and buy him a truckload more. And the third 
thing that my son forgot was this. I didn't really need his fries anyway. And I think when it comes to generosity and giving, I think we have to learn a lesson when it comes to our, our time, our energy, what's in our purse, when it comes to giving in terms of finance, we have to understand something. That God's the source of it all anyway. And actually God could take it away or give us more at any point he chose to. And I don't know about you, but I've learned in my life there have been times of plenty and there have been times in need. There have been times when my bank account has looked pretty healthy and there have been times in my, back, in, my, in my life where I've actually received letters from the bank where my money is stored because they keep telling me you're gone overdrawn again, Graham, because we just didn't have any. And I've experienced times in my life where I've had much and I've had little or I've had everything in between. But to understand... My iPad's just switched off. Sorry. Here we go, we're back on. To understand that God is the source of all we have. But also to understand that God doesn't need our money. As much as we encourage people to give, God doesn't need your money. He can look after his church and he can look after his kingdom without you and without me. But if we understand that everything we have is God's, what a joy to give a load back to him. Isn't that a privilege? If we understand that all I have is God's anyway, what a privilege to be able to say, God, I just want to be generous with what you've given me anyway. It's just such a beautiful thing to do. So whether you've been a Christian for five minutes today or you've been a Christian for 50 years, whether you believe in tithing 10% of your income or whether you don't, in some ways that's, not here, that's neither here nor there. What I want to say to us all today is, whatever you've got, be generous. Be a giver. Be lavish with what God has given you. Because when we are generous, we honour God. When we are givers, we honour God. In fact, Proverbs 14 verse 31 says this, He who is generous to the needy honours God. There is something about honouring God when we are generous. When we begin to live with the principle of generosity, we begin to discover some extraordinary things. And I, I'm going to just share three things really quickly that I've experienced when I've learnt the principle of being generous with what I have. I've, I've spoken on giving loads of times in the past, and I've never spoken on these three little things. But when I was just thinking about it this week, these were three things that just came to my mind. I thought, you know, I'll just share them with you. Number one has come up on the screen now. Generosity draws my life closer to God. Generosity, I've discovered, draws my life closer to God. In other words, whatever I invest in draws me closer to it. How many of you have ever invested heavily in a hobby? Maybe 
you've invested heavily in a new plan or an extension to your home. Maybe you've invested heavily in a brand new car. Or you've invested heavily into the holiday of a lifetime abroad somewhere. But do you know I've discovered that where I invest into, it draws me. It captivates my heart. You've only got to meet somebody who's like obsessed with a hobby. They spend loads of money on it. They buy the best. They put their time and their energy into it. Why is that? Because when you invest something that you really want to do, it brings you in, it draws you in. I used to play table tennis quite well, I think. And I got really into table tennis. And I bought table tennis shoes. Now, you're looking at me thinking... Why don't you just wear a Norman pair of shoes? But did you know, if you really want to be light on your feet, you can buy proper table tennis shoes. So I bought some. They cost a lot of money. I bought a bat, a table tennis bat, even seven or eight years ago, was like 100 quid. You can get them, actually, from Woolworths for about 199. But I had... <laughs> uh, not Woolworths, W-A... Well, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just really showing my age now, aren't I? <laughs> all right, all right. Just sim edit that bit, will you? All right, just, just take it a bit off, okay. When I bought a table tennis bat, you could buy them from Woolworths for £1.99, all right? So, but I had a table tennis bat that was, had, I had it specially made for me. I had a proper blade, the right shaped handle that would fit into my hand perfectly. And then I spent about 40 pounds on like having proper rubber put on either side of the table tennis bat. Why was that? Because I love table tennis. It drew me. It pulled me in. It, cap it captivated my life. I used to love playing table tennis. I would watch table tennis. I would watch YouTube clips of table tennis. I used to go and have coaching by the Suffolk County coach in table tennis. I loved playing table tennis. I've got trophies in my loft. For some reason, Michelle won't let me put them out in the lounge. All right, so I've got a box full of trophies in my loft of table tennis tournaments that I've won. Why is that? Because when you invest in something, it draws you in, it pulls you in. What you sow your life into will be big in your heart. And I've discovered that when I've been generous with my money in terms of God and his kingdom, it draws me closer to God. Funny that, isn't it? What does the Bible say about that? Jesus says this, he says in Matthew 6, 31, in, on the Sermon on the Mount, he says these words, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. So if I invest my time and my money into God's kingdom, I will be drawn closer to God's kingdom and to God himself. Number two. God, generosity demonstrates my faith or my trust in God. You know, I think, and I'm going to say something quite strong here, I think the antidote to materialism is generosity. The antidote to materialism 
is a generous spirit. Now, you might say to me, I'm not materialistic. I would say to you, if you're not a giver, you are. Because I think that when we have an attitude of generosity with the things that we have, it kind of really hits materialism in the face. Because when our attitude is about giving, not getting, we don't therefore get sucked into this consumer life of I must have that or I must have this. And so I believe that generosity demonstrates my faith in God. So in times of plenty and in times of need, Michelle and I have always sought to be generous. Generous with our home, generous with our car, generous with our lawnmower. And we have lent our car out and it has come back a different shape (laughs) on the odd occasion. I remember we lent our car to somebody. We'd gone abroad on holiday and somebody had our car and they came and they said, your car is slightly different to when you gave it to us last Saturday. And they had a bit of a prang in it. And do you know what? Depending on my response depends on whether my car owns me or I own my car. It's so important that we just have this attitude of what's mine is God's anyway. And generosity demonstrates my faith in God. In Philemon 1 verse 6, it says this. I pray that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. In other words, we are generous because of our faith. I sometimes think that stinginess is caused by unbelief. I don't believe that God can take care of me. I don't believe that God can meet my needs. But God is quite clear in the Bible. I will meet all of your needs according to my riches, according to his riches rather, in Christ Jesus. God is well able to meet your need. Even though we are living in a season right now, and I, I get this. You know what? Michelle came home the other week and she says, do you know cheese spread has gone up by a pound a tub? That's the, they were the very word, cheese spread. What she was really saying is, Graham, you eat too much cheese spread. Because I like cheese spread. It's one of my favourite little things on toast, all right? And she said, do you know it's gone up by over a pound in the last year? The cost of living's gone through the roof, hasn't it? Our fuel bills are massive. You can't hardly fill a family car up with fuel now for less than 100 quid. And so I understand that we have to be stewards and we have to be wise with what we have. But that doesn't stop us being generous because God is able to look after us. He is able to look out for you and look after you because God is all over your life, even though you might not realize it. He really is. And so God gives us the ability to demonstrate our faith by putting our trust in him with the resources that we have. And thirdly, I've discovered this. Generosity increases my happiness. Generosity 
increases my happiness. There's a great verse in Acts 20, 35. We've already read it in the NIV, but in the message it says this. You're far happier giving than getting. Let me give you a little illustration. I'm going to sort of come into land in a minute, all right? Christmas. When I was a child at Christmas, it was all about me. I would come downstairs on Christmas morning and I would pray to God with all my strength that what was under the Christmas tree is what I'd asked for. That the presents that were there were all the things that I'd put on my Christmas list. Because when you're a child, Christmas is all about you. It's all about what you get. But I'm not a child anymore. I'm a granddad. And do you know what Christmas is like for me now? It's seeing the joy on my little granddaughter's face when she rips open the present. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. I grew up. I became mature. But do you know what? You can be 80 years old and it still all be about you. It's all about what you get, not what you give. And when we're Christians, it is much happier to give than to get. To be a giver, not a giver, not a getter. You see, there was a time in my life where Christmas presents stopped being about me. But it was about the joy that it brought to others when they opened the presents that I'd given them. And I think when we become mature as Christians, our whole lives should change like that. It's not about what I get. It's about what I give. It's about sowing into the kingdom. Because when I sow generously, I will reap generously. When I give of my all, whatever it is, whether it's my time, my talent, or my treasure, God has this amazing way of giving back to me. It's incredible. I could tell you story after story after story where I have proven that as I've been generous, God gives back. It is amazing. And so I want to encourage us today to be a giver. Have the most generous spirit that you can. That doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether your salary is big, large, or somewhere right down the other end. Whether you live in a five-bedroom house or whether you live in a one-bedroom flat. Whether you've got an electric car that's worth thousands or whether you've got a moped that you put, still put stinky fuel in. It doesn't matter what you've got. Whether you've got a state-of-the-art lawnmower or whether you've got a rubbish old flymo. Sorry if you've got a flymo. Sorry. I didn't, sorry. I didn't mean that, okay? Don't, don't, don't. Who's got a flymo? If you, come, if you come forward at the front, we'll pray for you, all right? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. It doesn't matter what you have, be a giver, be a blesser, be generous with it, because that's what God is and who God is, and that's what he delights in when we live like that.
I am going to talk about Hope Church money just for a couple of minutes. You know, I want to say thank you on behalf of the leadership team and the trustees for the amazing generosity that we have in this church. The generosity of giving every month enables us to run this building, to pay staff, to influence our community, to work with children, to work with youth, to work abroad, to serve charities abroad, to do all the things that we do. And so I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart today as a leader here in the church for the way you give. But here's the catch. I want to do more. I don't want to stop here. In September, we're going to take Sam on full time. And one of the joys of the, re- of the last few months is that we, the trustees and, and the leadership, we, they've had the privilege of releasing me, for example, to do some wider stuff, not just focus 100% on, on, um, on local church stuff. So I'm, I'm released now for a percentage of my time to go and work with some other churches in the region and to be a bit more connected with Pioneer Abroad because we want to be a greater influence as a church. There's a couple here today from a church in Ipswich. They've been here for the last few weeks. And they're here today because God has used me to invest into their lives and into their church community. What a privilege. And the reality is that come the end of the year, we're looking at a bit of a deficit. Now, it's not a big deficit, actually. And I know when I say the figures, some of you might think it is. We're looking at a deficit of about 18,000 quid. Now, some of you think, oh my goodness, that's a lot. Not to God, it's not. That's not a lot of money, really. Not in a church of our size. So on your way out today, and again, if you're new here today, if you've never been to church before, don't feel the pressure of this. But if you're a regular church member or you see yourself as a member of Hope Church, it will be thrust into your hand. No, I'm kidding, okay? okay. No, you will get given a letter with Diane Dukes, has been brilliant. She's done a fancy little pie graph chart of some of the financial... um, different sections, and then there's a a really cool letter from me talking about the vision of the church and what's happening. Do you know, we've seen people saved this year. Do you know, we 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 started a Who is Jesus course this week at our Monday food share, and I think we had eight or nine non-Christians stay behind to hear about knowing Jesus. That's good, isn't it? And you know, Sam was telling me this week that he's had meetings with our parent and toddler group and our baby group, and we're just about to start running alpha courses with all the parents that come to this church. Isn't that good? Really good, isn't it? And what a joy that tomorrow night, Faton Barisha flies in from Kosovo, and Faton will be with us next Sunday, and we'll get him up the front to say hello to everybody. And the reason that Faton does what he does in Kosovo is because we finance him to serve God in a country that has nothing. That's good, isn't it? And wouldn't it be good if in the weeks and months ahead we could be released to do even more for the kingdom of God? And so I want you to take away this letter and this little graph. And if you are already giving into the work of this church, I want to just ask you a question. Could you give a bit more? Is it possible to sow more of what God has given you generously into the kingdom? And if you don't give into the life of the church, would you like to start giving? There's there's details on here to how to set up a standing order. 
to begin to give. Do you know, it would only take uh, 15 people to give £100 a month and we'd, we'd knock that 18 grand off just like that. It's about being generous with what I have. So it's quite a long letter, but have a read of it. Don't, don't just bin it. I'd really encourage you to just pray about it. Just ask God, God, how can I be more generous? Could I give a bit more? Or if I don't give, God, just prompt me to be generous with my money into the life of the church. So that wasn't a heavy sell on money, was it? I hope not. That wasn't my heart. If it came across that way, I apologize. But let's just be super generous with all that we have. You know, sometimes God blesses us with like little lump sums of money. Let's bless the kingdom. Sometimes we get a pay rise. Do we adjust our giving when we get a pay rise? It's just so beautiful just to keep giving and keep giving and keep sowing. It is an honor to join with God in his kingdom and be super generous. So when you go out today, you'll get one of these. Have a read of it. Have a little look. And if you're able to sow more into the life of the kingdom of God through this church, we'd love you to. Bless you. Thanks for listening today. Amen. Thank you, Bob.